I'm Pastor Tom. If you guys don't know me, I'm one of the executive pastor, uh, pastors here. I'm not the man in charge. Carl is, but he's not here. So here I am. And uh, we're, we're starting a new series. How many, did you guys enjoy Ka'ala last week? Ka'ala was awesome. I've uh, known him a long time. But uh, man, that guy loves to communicate the word of God, and he did it well. Uh, uh, we're starting a new series called, uh, uh, what is it called? Talking about my generation. Anybody love the who? Come on, all the oldies. Come on, oldies. Old folks out there talking about my generation. The ironic thing is those guys are super old now. It's like, you know, but uh, they were young back then when they, when they were bragging about how young they were. Uh, but we're going to be talking about generations. We're going to be going through like all the generations. We're going to have a whole series about it. And it's really about how to embrace the generation that you're in, right? We, we kind of do the studies to talk about the baby boomers, the Gen X. Um, I'm a Gen X. Anybody? The slacker generation. That's why we're not real proud of that one, right? The millennials, right? What is it? What else? Gen Y, Gen Z now, I think what it's all about. We're going to be just going through the ages. And uh, it's really about embracing the stage of life that you're in. But it's also how do you interact with the other generations? You have to. You can't just be like Gen X all the way or, and then everybody just forget you. And No, you got to learn how to live with everybody. And I think there's, there's a plan in all of that, don't you guys think? And that we got to know how to know ourselves, but we got to know how to treat others, especially people who maybe view the world differently or, or see things in another perspective. And we kind of got to step in their shoes and, and be, be unified, be the body of Christ, amen? You can't just be like one body, like I love the arm. That's where all the youth is. No, we got to be the whole body of Christ. And so this whole series is, kind of, is going to be kind of talking about, about how, the, how to be the unified body of Christ. And it's, it kind of was stemming from this one verse. It's in Psalm 39, verse 4. It says this. It says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered. How fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. How depressing is that verse? Right? <laughs> Remind me that my days are numbered. You know, I, we were kind of talking about uh, this sermon series and what we're going to call it. So the first title of the sermon series was, Your Days Are Numbered. Right? And if we advertise that, this probably half the people would be here. And it was like, I don't want to go to, to a series of sermon that's going to talk, my days are numbered. So we thought it was a little negative. So that's what we got. I thought of the my generation one because I love the who. Um, but you know what? This shouldn't be depressing. Why? It should inspire us. Shouldn't we say, you know what? Whether we got a lot of days left or a lot less days left, because all of our days are numbered, amen? amen? All of our days are numbered. What are we going to do about it? That should inspire us to go, you know what? I want to make every day count. I want to make the most of my life if it's a lot more days or if it's just a little bit more days. And I want, I want to have purpose and meaning. And so that's kind of the whole impetus behind this. And so we're going to go from, you know, uh, the Kapuna. who are, uh, We're going to learn how to love and honor our Kapuna. Kapuna out there? <laughs> I love that. Right? We got we to gotta honor ourselves. But we got to also, we got we to gotta know how to train and encourage the next generation, our keiki. Come on. We got to know how to do that. Because our days are numbered. And so today, we're going to start all the way from the bottom. We're going to start with the keiki. We're going to start with 
the infants all the way to um, elementary school, pre-junior high. Can I say this? Pre-puberty. Pre the weird stuff, right? When they're kind of innocent, they kind of say weird things, and, uh, and they're, just, they're just fun to be around. I, I, and I think maybe that's why they chose me to, to kind of kick off the series, because I am a father of three keiki. I have two twins. Two, of course, two twins, right? That's how it works, right? I have five-year-old twins that just graduated from pre-K, Waihole Elementary. Woohoo! Proud of that. And then uh, we have a, a year and a, a half-month-old uh, named Hazel. And so I have little Keiki, and so that's why I'm talking about it. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to start off, since we're talking about kids and Keiki and children, I kind of wanted to start off really fun. How many guys remember that show, like, Kids Say the Darndest Things? How many guys like just scroll on YouTube and just watch for hours, just some of the dumb things that children do? So I kind of picked my top three. And so you guys ready to have some fun, <laughs> right? There's nothing spiritual about any of this right now. It's just ready to laugh. So the first one is um, actually, I, I experience this pretty much every day with my twins, the way they fight. So check out this video. This is uh, these two girls fighting. Hi, guys. Are you best friends? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How old are you? Two. How old I are you? Two. No, I'm two. No, you're five. No, I'm I two. two. No, I two. No, I two. No. No, I'm two. No, I two. Okay, so like I said, I experienced that on a daily basis with my twins. Actually, when they were younger, um, my daughter would do exactly what that girl did, except she wasn't crying. She was about to bite Judah. She was like, I'm going to bite you right in the arm. That's what, that's what my kids uh, did back then. Um, here's another video of just a, a, a mother and, a, and a, ch a child just enjoying vacation, filming something. And uh, here's a brutally honest young boy. So check it out. Honey, look at the size of him. They're bigger than you. They weigh about 2,000 pounds. What about you, Mom? <laughs> How much do you weigh? I love that. You're getting drilled. That, that, that bison must weigh 2,000 pounds. I'm like, what about you, Mom? How much do you weigh? Like, you're getting drilled like that. How many guys got drilled by your kids like that? You're all like, quiet, shut it. Okay. Um, here's the last one. This is one of my favorites. I just have a, a silly sense of humor. This is a, a, a kid totally embarrassed by their dad. So check it out. Hey, I need to change. What's wrong? That doesn't look good. What doesn't look good? Your, your sweater. I personally think I look just fine. No, I don't know what you all think. No, Daddy. <laughs> You're like literally, no, daddy, no. <laughs> now, here's the thing about that dad. I think he's a genius, right? He's either so proud of that sweater that he has like no fashion sense. He's all, yep, that's right, I'm rocking this. Or he's just like, I'm going to embarrass all my kids. I'm doing it today. So I don't know, I want to be that kid, uh, that dad that embarrasses all my kids. Uh, but uh, that kids say the darndest things, right? They're innocent, they're, they're in a stage of life where they're kind of just sponges and they want to learn. And, and so we're going to be talking about children and actually since 
There's no kids here because they're all in the children's church. I don't have to, I don't have to teach right now about embrace your childhood. Can, can I just say one thing? Trust me, they're embracing their childhood, all right? It's us who are like, man, I wish I was a child again. Uh, so we're going to go, go straight into how do we, what's our heart? How do we act towards children? What, what should we do as, quote, adults? And we're going to start at the source. We're going to start right where Jesus is. And what's his heart? What does he say about it? And a lot of you guys know this scripture, but in Luke 18, verse 15, it says this. It says, one day, some, some parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering him. Then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Now here's the situation, right? There's some children, someone's bringing children uh, to Jesus. The disciples are like, nope, don't bother him. They're a waste of time. No, we we got real ministry uh, to to do. Don't, Don't bother Jesus. And Jesus said, nope. Uh, don't, you, don't you stop them. Let the ch- little children come to me. Actually, that's the, the, the title of today's message. I got, right? What, what's the title? Tell the kids for calm. <laughs> you know where I got that? The Bible. Anybody, know, ever, anybody read the pigeon Bible? There actually is a pigeon Bible. Go get it. It's pretty awesome. It's called the Bible. And so in this verse, the pigeon Bible says, tell the kids for common and for common. And you know why I like that? Because it kind of says the spirit. Imagine Jesus talking pigeon. And he's sitting there and the disciples are like, oh, no, don't bother Jesus. Oh, tell the kids for calm. And it, it reminds me of my grandparents. Because when I went to my grandma's place in Kahuku, you know, my, I remember my grandma and my grandpa just sitting there on, the, on their couch, their little, you know, favorite chairs, everything. They're watching all the children play and eating all that. And they're all, Tom Francis. They called me by my first and middle names, which was really embarrassing. Tom Francis, come over here, right? And I would go over there and like, it's just, oh, let come, come to me, oh, you know? And you know what that meant? I'm going to go over there, I'm going to get a hug, and they're going to give me a five. They're, they're going to give me straight money. And I'm like, yeah. And I felt so loved <laughs> and welcomed. And I, I believe, isn't that the spirit of Jesus? I don't think it's so formal. Like, let the children come to me. No, it's like, no, tell them for come. Come. I'm like, I love them so much. They're so pure. And it shows Jesus' heart that he loved their humility. He loved their faith, their purity. They're just being young and they're just sponges and they're ready to, man, the potential. And I, I believe that's why Jesus loved the young. And he, and he basically told the disciples, he adamant, adamantly just said, you know what? You better not stop them. You better not get in their way because let them come to me. Let them, let them know the love of Jesus. Let them figure it out now because when they're adults, they better remember that. And I think that's so important that we don't get in the way. And actually that, that, we should have the heart of Jesus. And so kind of what I'm going to be talking about today is, is how do we not get in the way of little children coming to Jesus? Actually, how do we actually lead them and show them um, to come to Jesus? And, and how do we have the heart of Jesus towards children? Now, now, I know how it is. You're probably like going, 
you know what, I don't ever see children. I don't have children in my life, and maybe that's your life right now that you don't have children or you don't see children, you don't see young kids, and you're turning off right now. You're like, Tom, it's about time to go to sleep right now. So, but in studying for this, I want to encourage you not to go to sleep right now or turn off because what we're going to be learning literally applies to everybody. And I really believe this when Jesus is saying, you know what, don't stop them. Learn something from this because this is how you should treat everybody, amen? This is how you should treat everybody. And if we have a, the same heart uh, that Jesus had towards children, I, I'm sh we're going to be just better people, aren't we? We're going to be better Christians, be better followers of Christ. And so I want you to stay with me. And so uh, here are the things that we're going to learn today about, you know, how do we not stop children from coming to Jesus? How do we get the heart of Jesus, Jesus towards children? And number one is that we should welcome them. We should welcome them. Jesus welcomed children. He said, don't stop them. Hey, you know what? They're not bothering me. There, there isn't more important stuff. They are the most important thing right now. And I'm not going to, you know what? You better not stop. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to minister to them. I'm going to touch them. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to bless them. He loved them. So he said, be welcoming. And so we got to be like Jesus. Actually, in an, another instance in Matthew 18, um, it's a similar uh, thing. And Jesus, it says this in Matthew 18, verse 1. About the time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And here's Jesus' answer. Jesus called a little child to him and put the child uh, among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this, is, uh, this on my behalf, is welcoming me. But if you cause one of these little ones who trust me in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. <gasps> wow. That is pretty heavy, right? Let's read that verse 5. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming who? Oh, how's that? That like, man, that's like, boom, hammer down. If you don't welcome children on my behalf, you're not welcoming me, your Lord and Savior. Do you guys feel the weight of that? Oh, how many of you guys gotta, better be nice to children right now, right? Better treat them better. Because here's Jesus saying, like, if you welcoming, welcome them on my behalf, you are welcoming me, the Lord of all lords and the king of all kings. That's, to me, that's super, super heavy. So we got, you know what? Come on. We got to be welcoming to our kids, right? We got to have this spirit of, like, you know what? Come. But, but here's the thing, and I know this is the absolute truth. You can't fool kids. Come on, Right? You can't fool kids. They know who's creepy and who's not. <laughs> right? Like they're all, hey, right? Oh, you're so friendly, right? Like I'm short, so I'm, I'm a little less intimidating, so they come to me, right? But there's like, ooh, you're creepy. You know, and they're, they're brutally honest, like those kids, right? They're brutally, brutally honest. They're like, nope, I'm not going to that guy. I'm not going to that woman. Uh-oh, no way. Right? They're brutally honest. So how do we become more welcoming? Um, to kids, and I, there's two things here I want to point out that I've learned through experience, and, and, and it's actually in scripture time and time again that we read here. Is the first one is be humble. That you would be humble. That you would have humility. 
that you wouldn't think yourself too important, too big for anybody actually, but especially to, to, to children, right? In Romans 12, verse 16, the message version says this, get along with each other. I love the message version. It says, don't be stuck up. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. I think sometimes, and I, I've been guilty of this, is we just consider children a waste of time. Like I have more important things to do. I have more, more important pe people to see. You know, as a pastor, I can get in that trap. I have ministry to do. I've got calling on my life and I, I can ignore my own children. And if I don't humble myself and say, you know what, here's, here's Paul writing, you know what? Man, make friends with who? Nobody's. Nobody that counts. Because you know what? They're great in my eyes, Jesus says. They're great in my eyes. Humble yourself. You know, I love, I love the children church workers. Can we give our children church workers a hand even though they can't even hear us? You know, I don't know if they're trained or not. Um, I think they are, but... Man, I, I see them, and when my children go into the children's church, a lot of them, they don't go, hey, little children, hi, how you doing? What's up, how you, you know, because my kids, you know, it's like they're, my kids are afraid, you know, and they're a little shy, but um, I notice everyone kneels down, and they, they lower themselves. They, they humble themselves to their size. They come down to them, and what they're saying is they're, they're becoming approachable and welcoming, and don't we have to be the same, Amen. That we be welcoming, that, that, that they don't, that this, to me, this is less creepy. It is. It's absolutely less creepy. It's like, nope, here, come into my arms. I'm not big, right? I'm going to love you. I'm going to give you a hug. And that we, we humble ourselves. Because here's, here's the one big thing I want to tell you. Didn't Jesus do the same exact thing? Jesus did the same exact thing for you and me. How? He gave up his rights as God because he is God, amen? Right? He is God. He gave up his rights as God to come down to earth because he loved us so much, to become one of us, to walk among us, to actually be considered friends with notorious sinners. Came down to our level to die for us, to shed his blood, to get beaten, and to become our savior. Wow, he came down to become the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And rightfully so. Jesus did the same thing. Humble yourself with little children. Um, be patient. I think that's, that's another thing that we got to be more welcoming. Is that we got to be patient because, man, I mean, I think sometimes um, we don't let them know that, that they're worth our time. We got to let them know that their time even though it's playtime or whatever it is, it's, it's worth us giving our time for them, amen? Um, I learned this a lot because of my, my twins, and I, you know, I like to wake up in the morning like most of you guys. I like to do devotions, and so um, I like to make myself a cup of coffee. I have an espresso, espresso machine. I have my own Starbucks at my fingertips make myself a latte, and so I have all this whole thing. I'm going to make myself a latte. I'm going to sit down on my favorite chair. I'm going to open my Bible app. I'm going to just sip my coffee and hear God and read the word, and that's my, that's my, that's my ultimate morning, right? But you know what happens most mornings? I get my coffee ready. I sit down. I hear little feet. Ah! <laughs> right? 
this week it happened. I've got everything all set. I'm like, ooh, the rainbow of God, God's presence is going to show up right here. Nope, it was my, my daughter, Olive, you know. And she walks in, and then she looks at me, and I got my cup of coffee. And she says this. She has this thing in her hand. It's a new toy. And then she says this, can you play with me? I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to confess. I got mad. I'm all, you're taking God time. I got my coffee ready. I was going to put my worship on. This is me. This is my time. Right? But I sat down. I knelt. I humbled myself. And I opened the, I opened the toy, and we, for about 20 minutes, played, right? And I knew it was, man, I was like, I know my coffee was getting cold. <laughs> oh, I got to reheat that thing, man. Espresso ain't good when you have to reheat it. So I got an amen for that? That's right, cool. Uh, and uh, it, isn't, it isn't good when you reheat it. And, uh, but you know what? Can I tell you, that was all worth it to hang that. And I'm, not, I'm, I'm learning. I, I, I'm learning to do this. I'm not a perfect parent by no means. Please don't see that. I'm trying. I'm, man, I, like I said, I was mad. I was like, man, you're taking away my me time. But I decided, you know what? I got to be humble and I got to be patient. And these are two huge things that are going to, man, I, I think children are going to go, man, I, you're welcoming. You, you love like Jesus loves. Now, here's the thing I want to throw at you guys. Um, you know, I'm kind of relating the nobodies to children right now. Let me ask you this. Who are the adult nobodies in your life? Who are the people that irritate you <laughs> at work? Oh, ooh, I'm stepping on toes right now, <laughs> right? Who you think, oh, man, they waste my time. I have more important things to do. Oh, man, my neighbor's going to talk my ear off again. <laughs> Who are those guys? Who are the nobodies in your life? The word says here, make friends with them. Don't be a big, great somebody. And are you showing humility? Are you showing humbleness? Are you going down to their level even though you think you're higher than them? Are you being patient with them? Don't, aren't those the qualities of Jesus Christ? That we would be welcoming to not just children, to everybody. Uh, here's the second thing we can learn um, how to not stop children from going to Jesus Christ. That we'd be an example to them. That would be an example to them. In Timothy chapter 2, verse 6, it says this. In the same way, encourage the young men to live wisely, and you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. Titus 2, verse 6, here's Paul writing again. He says, and you yourself, to the young men, children included, be an example. When my kids were born, oh man, there was some stuff I had to get rid of. I hope I'm not alone in this room, right? I was like, I better stop swearing. Right, because they're gonna, because my, my kids are right now at the age where they can repeat what I say. And whether you like it or not, the young people in your life, whether it's your children or someone else's children or your nieces and nephews, I am sorry, but you are discipling them somehow, whether it's good or for bad. Right? You got some good habits? Well, you're, you guys in church, that's some pretty good habits. I know you guys got some bad habits. Come on, remember Carla's teaching? You got dirt. 
I got dirt. We got some bad stuff. And so here's, here's where it says, be, be an example. Um, let me ask you, let me, let me put it this way. Do you think the world needs another you? <laughs> that was like a grenade question. It's like, oh, oh, what? Oh, you know? Do you think the world needs another you? Maybe, maybe all the, of all the good stuff that you do, of course. But do you want someone else to copy your bad stuff? Do you want someone else to copy the dirt in your life? Do you want to pass that down? Everyone would say no, right? You don't want to. And so here, it's like, be an example. Clean up your life. And, and please don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about, about being perfect. You know what I'm talking about? How about being better? Just get, just, just get better. Be a better version of you. Um, which means this. That you would admit that you're weak. I kind of love, I love what Kala talked about last week about confessing our sins. It's really admitting that you got weak spots. You got things in your life like, man, I got to work on that. You know, like I said, when my kids are born, it's like, ah, I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta work on that. Um, how about breaking generational curses in your life? You know, I don't know everyone's story in this room. But man, there's, I'm sure there's some heavy stuff that went down when you were young. I'm sure there's some alcoholism involved, some abuse involved, some negligence involved. I don't know. Maybe some really bad stuff. Maybe you got some stuff that you just, some habits that you've been, and you, you know what? I, I, want, I want to choose to break the curses that are on my life. Anybody with me? I want to break the generational stuff. I don't want to pass it down to my own children. I want to break them. As a, as a, as a, as a follower of Jesus Christ, I have the power of the Holy Spirit. I have Jesus himself want, that wants to break the weaknesses, break the strongholds in my life and set me free. And he wants to set me free for the next generation to come. You know, I love, you know, my, is my dad here? Dad, raise your hand. I want you to look at my dad. Go look, just turn your head. There's my dad. Raise your hand, dad. There he is right there. Boom, yep, yep. The other short Filipino in the house. Okay. He's just, he literally is an older version of me. Um, I, I, I respect my dad immensely. I bet a lot of you guys know my dad. How many of you guys respect my dad? He's, I, man, I just hear, I mean, I don't even have to say. I mean, if you don't know my dad, get to know him because he's just amazing. And, and the one thing that I know my, my dad had a rough, rough childhood. Um, you know, he was a, his, his father died when he was really, really young, like a baby. Uh, so he didn't know his dad. So he had a stepdad. And his mom just had a lot of children, like a lot. You know, those Filipinos, man, they can just, <laughs> whoo, they go, they go to town. So, <laughs> that's my mom laughing, by the way. Um, they had a lot of kids, and so um, they decided to, to just kind of pawn my, my dad off to, to his grandparents. And so he was literally brought up by his grandparents, and his, quote, sisters weren't really his sisters. You know who his sisters were? It was his aunties 
His aunties took care of him, and they, they became, his, he considered them his sisters. And imagine growing up literally giving, given away to, to another family to be, to be brought up, that when you go into the home that you were supposed to, was supposed to be your home, it was a foreign home, it wasn't your home, even though you're related by blood, close relative to everybody else, brothers, sisters, uh, mom, and stepdad, Imagine those feelings, all those things, uh, all the pain and all the, I don't know, all the anger, all the drama, all the stuff that went on. But can I tell you one thing right now? I only know of this because my mom told me these stories and my dad kind of informed me of these stories. You know why? Because my dad did not pass any of that to me. Which I'm completely grateful for. Yeah. My dad did not pass any of that to me. He loved me. I had a father growing up. I didn't feel abandoned or neglected. He loved me. And my dad broke a generational curse that I'm not going to pass on uh, to my kids. And he became a better example. And I just want to encourage you guys, just be better. Just, just break the stuff for, for the next generation. Just do it. Um, is that good, guys? Is that okay? Yeah. Um, be an example to them. You don't have to be perfect, just better. Um, and like, you know, like I said, you know, this is not, not maybe you don't have any children uh, in your life right now, but who are the younger followers in your life? And when I mean younger, maybe they're older people, but they're just new Christians. Who are the new Christians in your life? That you've been a Christian a while and you, man, you better step up your game. Right? Because, like, they're learning and they're, they're wanting to follow Christ and they're hungry. That's why, I, that's why I love new Christians because they're passionate about the Lord. It's like, man, you know, like, I used to have that passion, but sometimes, our, right, it dies, right? Come on, let's be honest. Sometimes it kind of wanes a little bit, but the new guys, they're coming. They have this passion and they're looking for an example. They're looking for someone to mentor and disciple them. Who are the younger followers in your, in your life? The last thing that we can um, to do to, to bring to bring children to Jesus and not hinder them and to have the same heart as Jesus is that, I'm, I'm going to end with this one because this is a big one. That we learn from them. That we learn from children. That we look at them because we look at them the way Jesus looked at them. I mean, it's in scripture. It's in three of the gospels, a similar um, verse that says this, like in verse 17 of Luke 18, I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God, what? Like a child. Like a child will never enter it. Will never enter it. Like a child, which means we got to learn how to be childlike. And can I just state this as a side note? Not childish, Right? <laughs> There's a big difference, but we would be childlike. And, and what, are, what are children like? They're trusting, right? They're, they're kind of, they're innocent. They're not, they haven't been tainted by the world, hopefully not, right? They're, they're innocent. They're tr they're, they believe everything. You know, my, uh, my, uh, my kids on Memorial Day, that was their first day of summer uh, with, you know, when, when they were supposed to be school. But I like to cause trouble to my kids. Any parents out there that like to do that? All right, thank me and Ray, cool. Uh, I just woke up like early, I was up already, 
You know, and I was like, all right, guys, we're going to wake up for school. What do you guys want to eat? Let's do this. Come on. Just went into the room and just like was causing trouble. Like, hey, we still got school. Like, no. Olive starts crying. <laughs> Judy's like yelling, right? And then, I, and then I was like, oh, no, it's a day off. And, like, and then like, you know, an hour later, I did the same thing. Wait, we got to go to school. And so kept on. And then we drove to the North Shore. It was a beach day. We're like, we're going to the beach, right? And so they went to Waihole Elementary, right? So we had to drive past the Waihole uh, uh, school, right? So I just like, well, here's another opportunity to pick up my kids. <laughs> you know, well, you know what, guys? We're not going to go to the beach. I'm going to drop you off at school. <laughs> and I was like pretending and all that. So, but they believed, like, no, starts crying and all that. <laughs> it was so much fun. Uh, but they're gullible. They trust authority. They trust the people in charge of them. And I think that's something we can learn is that, that trust, right? Um, that faith, right? They ever, you hear that a lot. Have childlike faith. What does that mean? And Well, I want to share a scripture with you that kind of, to me, kind of says it all. Um, let me see. Let me find it here. I opened the wrong teaching. Oh, hello. There you go. Technology. Man, let's get rid of that. I got all lost here. Here's this verse. Psalm uh, 131, verse 1. It says this. Let my heart... uh, This is a psalm of David, by the way. Written by David, King David. Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I don't concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. Instead, I have calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. Yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord now and always. So I want to focus on that weaned child, right? He calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child. I'm humble. I'm not haughty. I'm not going to concern myself with matters too awesome for me to grasp. Why? Because I've calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child. You know what a weaned child is? Mothers out there, parents, right? A weaned child is a child that, has, uh, that does not eat or drink mother's milk anymore. It's been weaned off of the, the mother's uh, milk. So it's eating solid milk. It's moving on to maturity. Now, here's the thing. In the process of weaning a child, they are far from calm. Anybody with me? They are far from calm and, and, and far from quieted. How do I know this? I'm just about to enter into weaning my little Hazel. Not me, my wife and I. <laughs> I mean, personally, right? We're thinking about weaning little Hazel. She's a year and a half, so we're thinking, but we're thinking this, it's going to like take a two year, two, two, not two years, <laughs> two month process. And we're thinking about this, and I, I know this is going to be tough. Why? Because every single night when Hazel's in a room sleeping, I hear, wow, crying, and then I say one word that cures it all. You know what that word is? Honey? Oh, oh, three words. Honey, Hazel's crying. <laughs> you better do something about it because I can't. I seriously can't do anything about it, right? Because I, I don't got mother's milk. 
Um, so I know it's going to be tough. I know it's going to be a process of where Hazel's got to get, she's basically going to be denied of mother's milk. She's going to cry. She's going, she's going to wonder why, what, what's going on here? Like, why have you stopped the fountain? What's going on? You know, why can't I do this? Why do I have to move on to the solid food? Why, why can't I just do what I've done for the last year and a half? Right? Doesn't that? And so here's a child that needs to go through all this tantrums and whining and fussing and, and all of that. But then come to a point, quieted and calmed, saying, you know what? They're not going to give it to me but I still got my mom. And I'm going to trust in that. And, you know, I don't know what babies think, to be honest with you, but here's David, King David himself. If you know any stories of King David, he went through some stuff, right? He was chased by Saul, um, trying to kill him. He went through some massive trials and tribulations, running for his life. And here's David himself saying, you know what? I'm not haughty and proud in my own eyes. I, I, I don't want to grasp things that are too awesome for me. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quiet myself. I'm going to calm myself like a weaned child. Yep, I went through the fussing. I went through all the tantrums. But at some point I stopped and I said, I'm going to trust in the Lord my God. And I'm going to be still. Man, can't we learn that from children? That they, they do that at some point? That they stop and go, you know what? I'm going to just trust in my mom. I, I mean, I imagine, sorry, I just think this. I, I, I don't know what a, a baby is thinking, but I imagine like a baby that's qu- calm and quiet and not crying, a weaned baby that's in the mother's arms. Like, don't you think they're thinking, man, the milk's right there. <laughs> right? But no, they're choosing to forget that. And I I did a little study of what calm and quiet is, and it's kind of interesting. Uh, The word for calmed is shavah, which another translation of shavah is to behave. It's to behave. So what, what what this verse is saying is that I've behaved myself. I'm going against my inclination to throw a tantrum, to whine, to fuss, it's like, oh, don't like work. Why don't you give this to me? You know, be angry about it. I've chosen in, to go against that and to calm myself and to behave and to trust. I think that's really, really interesting. Uh, the word for quieted is this word daman. You know what that means? And here's one definition of this, this word daman is to be struck dumb. Isn't that interesting? To be struck dumb, which means throwing all logic and reasoning aside, right? Like the baby's like, you know, the wean baby's like, man, the milk's right there. You know what? I need to be, I need to forget that. <laughs> I, need, I need to trust in, in the mom that she knows what she's doing. So I'm, I'm going to be quiet, I'm going to be struck. I'm not going to even think about mother's milk from now on. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, look, that, mother's milk is dead to me, you know? I'm going to forget about it. But think about our lives, that 
Man, think about the things, and I, I don't know where you are right now. Think about the things that you're fussing and whining and throwing a tantrum about. And I'm not belittling that. I'm just saying you might be going through some tough stuff right now. You're, going, you're pounding tables and frustrated and, and angry at God, and you're just, what is going on, Lord? And maybe some of you guys are in good times right now, but man, haven't we been there? We're just like, what, what's going on, God? And I love this. What a, what a picture of just, you know what? Okay, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to behave. I'm going to go against my natural instinct to just throw a fit right now and to be angry. I'm going to trust in God. You know what? Then I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, God, sh- strike me dumb. <laughs> Take all the logic and all the reasoning that has been torturing my brain, that has been causing me anxiety and stress. Can you just, can you struck me dumb? And can I just, just kind of focus on you and abide in you, Jesus? And it's, it's at that point, you know what you do? You're, now de- you're not dependent on the provision anymore. You're dependent on the provider, amen? Right? You're dependent on Jesus himself, and you don't need anything else. And I know this, is, this isn't easy, but man, David knew what was up, right? He knew that, you know what, I'd rather be like that. You know, I know some, you know, I, I talked to some people this week, some, some this guy is going through some heavy stuff, like really, really, really heavy stuff. And he called me up for some advice. And, and to be honest with you, I didn't have any that advice for him. I didn't really know what to do. I just, uh, all I could do was, man, I love you, man. I'm here for you. But he said something really, really interesting. You know what's been helping me? And he's going through a tough time. He, he said, man, I've just been realizing the power of worship. The power of just going to the Lord and just loving him. And I almost feel like this is, this is that picture that David knew, that the storm is raging, things are going haywire, but this guy is choosing to be calmed and quieted in the arms of the Lord, like a weaned child. I think that, that's such a beautiful picture. Um, and the last thing I, I think we can learn from children, which kind of relates to to. The, the, the psalm that I just read is that we would keep the wonder and awe of the Lord. That we would keep the wonder and the awe of the Lord. I mean, I, I look at my children and they love my wife. They like me okay. I'm, I'm okay. It's like, mm, oh, dad again. Oh, the, you know, they, basically, I'm like second fiddle, you know. And, but they're in awe of my, my wife. They, they, they're at an age where they just depend on her. They love her. They want to be by her. They want to sleep, right? It's not, it's not our room. It's not dad's room. That's mom's room. Everything's about mom. I'm not jealous. No, I'm not. Um, no bitterness at all. Uh, but they're in awe of her. They're in, in, there's a wonder about it. There's a... There's a I know she loves me, and I know she's going to take care of me. I trust her. I trust her. There's a wonder about that. And and one thing I can learn from little children like that is I better have that same relationship with my Heavenly Father. 
I better have that same dependency with Jesus Christ, my Savior. Anybody with me on that one? That awe and wonder, right? Um, I have a cool little video that uh, we found on Instagram about a little child that discovered the awe and wonder of the love of Jesus. Check this out. Why are you crying? Jesus. What about Jesus? Mommy, they down. Why are you crying? Because Jesus. Because Jesus what? Jesus wants me. Because <laughs> Jesus loves you. Yeah. So why are you crying? <laughs> oh, <my goodness. laughs> oh man. Okay, so I just won you over with the cuteness. He's like, you know, when is this guy done? Oh, that was good. Okay. Uh, isn't that awesome that this, this, this girl just unabashedly just like, I love Jesus, and starts breaking down crying. And in all seriousness, man, I don't want to lose that awe and wonder that she has for Jesus. Like, and I, I want to admit to you guys, I still cry. I still cry during worship. I still cry when there's a revelation about how good God is and how much he loves. I still, I still, I've been Christian for 30 years. And I'm not saying you have to cry. But man, don't lose the wonder and awe of our Savior that has amazing grace and amazing love and that he wants to pour it on you. And don't ever lose that. Don't ever lose the wonder and awe of it. I mean, I, I promise you that keeps me going as a person, not just as a pastor, that, I, that, that, that love that keeps me going. Just be, be surprised by the Lord. Keep the awe and wonder. Come in here. And it, seriously, if you, if, if you have that, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, supposing that you guys don't have it. I'm just saying, man, you know, I, I was, the guys, let's give a hand for the guys leading us in worship. Man, come on. What a great job. But a lot of times when we, when we lead worship, because I used to lead worship, we're just trying to hype everybody up. Come on, praise the Lord. Raise your hands. Come on, let's share a shout. You know, and we're trying to hype you guys up to worship. If you had the awe and wonder when you first walked into those doors, we don't have to say anything. All we got to do is play a song, sing some words, and you're going to be worshiping. The King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And I don't know how you worship, whether it's physical or whether you're like this, but you're just crying out to him. I don't know. But if we have the wonder and awe, we don't have to talk anybody into the worshiping our God. We don't have to hype anybody up because he's that worthy, Amen. And I want to encourage you, keep the wonder, keep the trust like a little child, like a child, a lean child going, you know what? I don't know what's going on. I don't know where the milk, but I trust you. I just love that picture. Oh, I love you, God. I trust in you. Maybe, maybe not everything's going right right now, but I love you. I know you love me. I know you're going to take care of me. I'm going to worship you no matter what. Keep the awe and wonder. And, and here's the thing. I'm going to close with this. I know I'm, I'm going to going along a little bit, is I know I talk to you, and normally I can, I'll end the sermon with, okay, so remember what I said. I said, okay, remember to welcome the little children, okay, welcome them, and then number two, be an example, and then number three, learn from them. But you know what? What I realize, if you just do what I just told you to keep the awe and wonder of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to do the other two. 
You're going to be welcoming to children. You're going you're gonna to be a good example because I love what Ka'ala said last week. It's not what we, the good that we do that brings us into the presence of, of God. It's when we're in the presence of God that makes us want to be good. And when we're in awe and in wonder of him, man, we want to be good. We want to do uh, good things. We want to be a good example. We want to pass it down to the next generation and raise them up to love Jesus because you want them to have the same thing that you have. Get excited. Keep on wondering, Lord Jesus Christ.